At about midnight on February 26, 1993, two Jefferson County Air Unit police officers, Kenny Graham and Kenny Downs, had a close encounter of the third kind. The two officers were on routine patrol when summoned to the area for a possible break-in and saw a number of small bonfires lit to celebrate the new snow that had fallen. Spotting something unusual, Graham, the pilot, shined a spotlight on an object that was drifting back and forth in the bright light. It rose to the elevation of the helicopter, about 500 feet, hovered and then sped off at tremendous speed. As it circled around behind the chopper, Graham increased his speed, fearing the object would strike his tail rotor. It rose and fell several times, and as the pair described it, they engaged in a dogfight over two minutes. The object was small, pear-shaped, and about the size of a basketball, and it buzzed at high speed, faster than the helicopter, which was itself flying at almost 100 miles an hour. The flying object fired three fireballs the size of baseballs at the chopper, but they fizzled away into nothing. Two officers on the ground, officers Mike Smith and Joel Smolensky, also watched the encounter and confirmed the event. When they returned to their base, Graham called Standard Ford Field, now Louisville International Airport, to ask if their radar had picked up anything unusual, but it had not. No citizen had reported anything odd either, according to dispatch. Newspapers across the United States picked up the story from the Hattiesburg American to the Ithaca Journal and even as far as Honolulu Advertiser. The story lingered on locally for a few days. A local newspaper columnist, Brian Cradford of the Courier Journal, related how he had over the years been told stories by credible people with tales they found too incredible to make public. He related several of the accounts made by everyone from state troopers to prominent bankers to even a Skylab astronaut and how they often did not share the stories for fear of ridicule. By May, the two officers had learned a valuable lesson. If you see a UFO, for God's sake, don't tell anyone about it. Tales of their encounter had made the tabloids, including the cover of Le Weekly World News. The Jefferson County Police Public Information Officer denied any official comment, and the officers were told not to speak to anyone about it. As for what they actually saw, who knows? Perhaps it was a balloon, but perhaps not. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. Army officers say the missile, found sometime last week, has been inspected at Roswell, New Mexico. UFO whistleblowers testifying on Capitol Hill that the United States has been in possession of non-human craft since the 1930s. A Pentagon official revealed today that the U.S. government is investigating more than 600 potential UFO sightings. When it, when it comes to aliens, uh, there's some things I just can't tell you. Would you ever open up Roswell and let us know what's really going on there? So many people ask me that question. But Roswell's a very interesting place with a lot of people that would like to know what's going on. Hey, you're listening to Lightning Rounds. And if my voice sounds a little tweaky, it's because it is. I was recently released from a UFO and... Uh, <laughs> I did some uh, <laughs> surgery on my throat. No, I'm just joking. 
They stuck a tube down my esophagus. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I, I escaped though. I grabbed one of them you by got the out. throat. That's the important part. I grabbed one of them by the throat, <laughs> stole one of the hand grenades from its belt, <laughs> threw it into the down hatch, exploded. The down as hatch. I was as I was exiting, I think I saw Tom Cruise and his daughter. I grabbed them and we both escaped from the machine as it was crawling through the farmlands of New York, Upper New York. Wow. Mm. Leaving in its wake a beautiful crop circle. <laughs> Getting over a cold here, but you joined us on a wonderful episode. But I'm going to say right now, if you have not listened to our previous episode, you need to go back and listen to that because a lot of what we're going to be talking about in this part two is not going to make any sense. So stop right now. Go listen to part one. All right. Well, we're back though. And my name's Zach and I'm with two wonderful guests today. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? My name's Hollow, coming from San Juan Capistrano, co-co-host of this show with the most. And to my right, donning sunglasses, sleeveless shirt, shorts, and slips. Yep. Who are you? My name is Brendan McPeak, all the way from Joshua Tree, California, uh, born and raised uh just happy to be here feel feel like there's not really introduction that needs to be made i feel like i could just slide in and out of this podcast kind of whenever and uh some people are stoked some people are not but to those that are stoked love you guys (laughs) you could even say that you are the uap of lightning rounds because you appear and then dematerialize and then you go yeah i'm filling in for the big man today (laughs) Um, half is strong, a quarter is good looking, but I'll do my best. Um, this, this episode is dedicated to Andrew Newman, the best of us really. Mm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. We're missing Andrew on this fine lightning rounds recording day, <laughs> Wish he could be with us. He's not able to be with us today, but we love the guy and I'm sure you guys miss him too. I miss him. So we're responding to a question that was sent in by one of our listeners And the question that was sent in is, what do you guys think about all the alien and UFO stuff in the news right now? And so in part one, we kind of, just to do a quick recap, we talked about why it's important to talk about some of these subjects like this, why it's good for a Christian to be culturally aware of things that are happening around us, right? We build bridges Mm -hmm. for the gospel. Hollow, you shared a really Mm -hmm. great point about Paul on Mars Hill building a bridge through the unknown God altar in order to share the truth of Jesus with these people who probably had weirder beliefs than we're discussing today, (laughs) stranger and more fantastical beliefs than what we're discussing today. And so this is the point of this conversation. And we also talked about how the government is taking these things seriously. So we should start to take some of these subjects seriously as a Christian, at least learning um, how to respond, how to give a defense for the hope that we believe. Mm -hmm. Um, But another thing that I think really stood out is that this conversation, as fringe as it might've seemed in the past, it's not so fringe anymore. And because of that, it's causing a lot of people to question worldviews, to ponder life and the existence of life and um, really to ponder the question of God. And so it creates a Mm -hmm. great avenue and, and playing field for the, Christian to share the gospel and how the truth does even apply in situations and in conversations like we're going to have today. So that's what we talked about in the first episode. And we also discussed a little bit of 
kind of what was happening in the news. Um, you know, as I was um, studying and kind of doing some research for today's episode, where we're going to get into uh, just two more subjects um, before we land the plane on this on this uh, this crazy question, I was reminding myself, or I, I remembered that when I was in high school, I used to make home videos with my brother. I don't. Were you guys ever into doing that that sort of stuff, like with a oh yeah. HS camera? Yeah, it was called The Adventures of Chapsticks, and we just did like stupid stunts. <laughs> okay. Like, like dirt boards drug behind ATVs and shooting fireworks at each other. Yeah, we did all that stuff, dude. <laughs> I was just gonna say this is a Christian podcast, so I can't say the full name of this, but that was like a that was like a donkey remake, right? A little like a new King James yeah, donkey yeah, exactly. remake. Yeah. All we were trying okay. to do, yeah. <laughs> for sure. That was the era. You were Steve O and uh <laughs> dun, 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 dun. yeah. I was Steve-O. My boy was Johnny Knoxville. We introduced ourselves before every scene. What's up? My name's Brendan. I'm about to do the, the mountain board challenge. <laughs> and yeah, we would try to bomb this hill, <laughs> drug behind a quad, yawn, fall into choyas. And yeah, well, there was a trip to the ER. My boy cracked his head wide open. Oh, wow. It's a lot of stuff on video. Yeah. What about you, Hall? Oh, wow. Oh, well, with all my school friends, um, no, I was homeschooled. So um, <laughs> we, my adventures, no, I didn't Included film stop them. motion animation. <laughs> I got my Legos together and retold the story of Paul and Barnabas at their first argument. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, you know what? I, I mean, now I play with cameras uh, as a grown adult. Yeah, you do, buddy. But um, <laughs> now is my full-time gig. But no, as a child, um it's a child no. he thought as a child. Yeah. Thought, well, and now, put aside those things. That's right, brother. <laughs> That's funny. No, there is no good home movies of me. I'm sorry. Well, the reason why I brought that up is because I remembered that when I was in high school, my brother and I, we used to make all sorts of action movies. We made zombie movies. We would make, you know, war movies. But there was Let's one go. specific movie that I remember making, and it was an alien movie. That we made. Wow. And it was about no an alien that came to our house and was like was like peering into our windows. We got we had like some dummy that we put like a weird balloon with big eyes on it. <laughs> and we would like be talking and then we would pan the camera to the window and like you would see its silhouette and its eyes like in the oh, window. Sad. So like or we'd be like we, you could hear it on the roof and we'd have my cousin on the roof running on the roof so you'd hear like the footsteps. And we'd like we throw it off the <laughs> roof so you you'd get the flight of it. Oh man, if I could find that that video, that would be gold. Oh, you'd be a millionaire, dude. Yeah, I, I, yeah. And M Night Shyamalan has got nothing on our, our bro. Creation. Speaking of M Night Shyamalan, <laughs> I I watched Signs in preparation for this oh, episode, that's good, dude. That's good. Mm. That's good. Just like to say, yeah. Shout out to Joaquin. <laughs> My favorite part is you had them run on the roof when cameras only record in mono. So there's like, there's no, no depth of sound anywhere. Like go on the roof. Like he could have ran next to you. Literally anywhere. (laughs) Go on the roof. This is recorded. Dolby Atmos. This is all around. (laughs) We want it spectral. We had to get it all. You you were ahead of your time. We had to get it all, man. We were committed. We were, we were committed to our craft for sure. Yeah. And I don't even know how it how the how the movie ended. I think we purposely ended it mysteriously, um, where we didn't catch doody, we didn't doody, catch doody, the doody. yeah we didn't catch it. But 
Man, I, I have one question about your video. Please. Do you remember the voice of the alien? Our alien didn't How you have made it a, talk? It didn't have a voice. It didn't talk. It just appeared. Oh, okay. So so the most the most that we encountered with it were glances. It wasn't it's it it was it was a mysterious you know being happening. Yeah, so it was like Yep. Oh, okay. Which is one of the reasons why I like the movie Signs so much is because they don't reveal the monster right away. They don't reveal it right away. Fact. You just see glimpses of it. You see a hand, you see it walk by an Oof. alleyway and you see a silhouette, mm-hmm. you see a foot in the in the cornfields, and it's so you yeah, as the, you get to the living room. Uh, cinematography, it's it's and the storytelling is great because you as the as you're watching this, you're all that you have to to create a monster. And I think that M. Night Shyamalan is quoted for saying this is the scariest monster is the one that you make up in your head. And that's why they purposefully do that. Facts. And they don't reveal mm-hmm. it. So everyone has a different image of what this thing is gonna look like, you know, and then they eventually they do reveal it, and usually it's it's less than <laughs> you thought it was going to be. So right now, if you're listening and you don't know what we look like, picture yeah. what we look like and then go on our Instagram and we'll post a picture and you'll be surprised. Yeah, because you'll exactly. notice that Zach kind of looks like M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. <laughs> Rumor has it, M. Night Shyamalan was on a road trip through El Paso, Texas. And El Papa. he found a VHS t- tape in a Goodwill there. <laughs> he, he watched his VHS tape put together by two young boys in El Paso yeah. and was inspired to make science. Yeah, it's actually it's, where he got the roof scene from. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the roof scene. Yeah, you're right, dude. Before Full your circle. time, dude. Wow. You're a real pioneer. Anyways, we're talking all things odd for this weird tober this odd tober uh special episode here and uh, we're going to continue our conversation on all things weird especially in as it relates to aliens and ufos and uaps yeah i guess we'll kind of kickstart this conversation this next subject that we're going to be bringing up here after we've kind of discussed why it's important for christians to, to know these things and to, to and to talk about these things and after we've also discussed what is happening currently, uh, now we're going to look at what exactly are people are are these people experiencing? What what are they? I want I wanted to start off with maybe this conversation, and we mentioned this in our in our previous episode. Um, when it comes to these things, uh, what the government is noticing, what Navy pilots, credible Navy pilots, are witnessing. What many scientists and government officials are witnessing too, and other people around the world, I think it can be safe to say that we we can't say exactly what these things are. We can't put an exact definition that oh this there's the there's the tag on that thing. I know exactly where this is and what that is, because this is such a mysterious phenomenon that's happening around our world. What would you guys say to that? Does that ruin a Christian's? Uh, witness the fact that they aren't able to explain something like this dude i i I would say if anybody if anybody has um an on-ramp into this conversation of like unexplained phenomenon or things that are just weird i think it's the christian i mean there's so many things if you view the world through a biblical lens and we're taking the bible as truth and everything else is not the Bible has so much room 
for these, whatever you want to call it, weird phenomenon. There are things in the Bible that are so much weirder than science fiction, things that are actually real. So when we look at this stuff, and just to encourage the people listening, if you if you hear these things that the government starts to declassify as like, you know, interactions with these beings or this kind of alien technology or things that they're starting to come out and say out loud in front of everybody. This is not one of those things that disintegrates or like tears down the fabric of our faith. This to the Christian should not at all be a deterrent to a relationship with God. In fact, if anybody has is if anybody's ready to get the conversation started, it's us. Because we've had room for this in our in our Bible for a long time already. You know what I'm saying? And to remind the people too, whether this is interdimensional, whether this is, uh, you know, interspecies, if, if we're talking like otherworldly, whatever we're talking about, let's not forget that Christ has dominion over all things. So even if these things are like extraterrestrial, interdimensional, whatever, whatever we're talking about here. Christ's authority supersedes all these things. So all these things still have to come underneath the authority of Jesus. And we're, when we're looking for the boundaries of like, where does Christ's authority end? Is it earth? Is it? It's everything. Christ has authority over everything that's ever been created, that's ever been. So we still have a Jesus that rules and reigns. If only we look at the word and say, oh, well, we don't see this specific word used in the Bible. So I guess the Bible is not real. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we got to be really careful with that because the Bible doesn't talk about skateboards, but we see skateboards. <laughs> Bible doesn't talk about Great Danes, but my neighbor has one. You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you got to be careful with that line of thought. Like just because yeah. we don't see specifically this term in the Bible. Well, I guess our whole faith's out the window. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I'm saying? I mean, that's Colossians 1.16. For him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, Thank whether you. thrones or powers or rulers or authorities all things have been created through him and for him. That's that's the truth is that nothing escapes the eye of Christ. Come on. Even if it escapes ours. Yeah. Come on. And so I, I think that's, like you said, that, that's important. Like, I can't look at my neighbor like, oh, dude, he's got a great day. And it's not in the Bible. Must <laughs> you know, not exist. Must not, he's or not there real. goes my face. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's so many things in today's culture where we thought computers what about computers? They must be right. demons. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, we because it wasn't talked about doesn't make it not true. And then the things that are talked about, we don't necessarily understand. For I mean, sure. if we look at our faith, I mean, we don't even understand the triune God. Facts. We're like, he's like an egg. It's <laughs> like, like water. Yeah. Like, okay. Paper, ice. I, I think there's more to that, but that doesn't uh, unsecure our belief in who right. God is mm-hmm. and what God is doing. For sure. Amen. 100% agree. And so what are these things? That was the question, right? Yeah. Well, I wanted to add like, one. What one are quick, we dealing with? I wanted to add one quick thing, what you guys are saying. And we talked a little bit about it last episode, but it's the fact that God is sovereign over all things. And that if For you sure. can believe, you know, what Genesis 1 says, that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yep. That sets up a groundwork for you as a believer to understand that there's no part of creation, like what you said, Hall, there's no part of creation that has not heard the voice of God and obeyed God's voice and mm-hmm. fallen under his authority. There's a quote from a theologian. I can't remember exactly who it is. So I'm really bummed that I don't have the, the name of this guy, but 
he says that there's not a square inch of creation that God or that Jesus does not cry out with zeal, mine, that does not belong Mm. to him and to his authority. And so things like this should not shake us as a Christian. If we truly believe that God is sovereign over everything, not just the earth, but over everything that happens um, in the heavens and in the earth, which he is. Amen. That was Abraham Kuiper, by the way. Abraham, did you really find that? Yeah, I got you, fam. Dude, he's the he's Hollow 2.0. When I live with when I live with Hollow, <laughs> this is a side note. When I live with Hollow, it was like having Google on hand, like in person. He was the first AI <laughs> I ever encountered. Because every question that I would have, I'd be cooking, <laughs> I'd be cooking like macaroni and cheese or something random. And I'd be like just thinking in my head, I'm like, man. I wonder what's the circumference of Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, <laughs> do, you, do you know what a baby cardinal looks like? I wonder what a baby cardinal looks like. And then like two seconds later, I'd be shown a picture or I'd be given the the width or circumference of Mars or like, I was like, oh, here it is. What's a group of geese called? Yeah. I forget. So <laughs> thank you for that, Brand. Thank you oh, for that. That's funny you should ask. It's, it's uh, that it's March 27th. It really is. Full moon that night. For those of you that don't know, Hollow and I were born the same day. Not the same year. God bless you, Hollow. Thank God you weren't mm. born my year. Got to share the thunder. Yeah. So we, yeah, sons of thunder right here. Thunder, <laughs> lightning, strike. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. For those of you that can't see us, which is everybody, I just put up both of my, both of my biceps, flexed them and said thunder, lightning. And then I said strike and I kind of put them out. Just so you know. That was beautiful. So good. So we're talking about what are they, what are the, what are these things though? And I think it's good that we laid that groundwork first, that whatever they are, they fall under the authority and the sovereignty of who God is. And they submit to King Jesus. Everything is yielded unto his name. Every knee will bow in the seen realm and the unseen realm. Every tongue will confess whether it is a human being or even creation itself that he is Lord. And that all dominion and power and glory and might belongs to Jesus, to King Jesus. So that's the groundwork that we're setting here. Now let's move into the conversation of, okay, you know, though we can't give a definite explanation to a lot of these things, which is what our government is trying to do. If you, if you follow with any of this in the media, um, or maybe you've been just a UFO chaser your whole life, you know this. The government has been trying to figure this out for a very long time, for a really long time, more than they've been telling us. We've been finding out for 70 years, they've been tracking and studying UFOs. So Mm -hmm. this is something that they've been, that they still don't understand what it is. And so I kind of want to take our journey a little bit further back. And I think it's going to explain a lot of what is happening currently when we look at the past. And I wanted to start our story with Queen Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth was known to have many council members that guided her and aided her in her ruling. And one of her advisors was an astronomer. And this guy's name was John Dee. This guy was, he has a really famous reputation if you look up on him, actually, The movie 007, James Bond, is kind of based off of this, not based off of this guy's life, but he was known as like a spy for the queen sometimes. And his secret code was 007 whenever he was out spying um, for the queen. 
So they kind of pull that from this guy. So this guy's a really influential, influential guy throughout history. But this, this man who is said to be a Christian, okay? And I'm gonna come out and say, I doubt that he was, but this guy, what he did as an astronomer of Queen Elizabeth, he was amazed at the idea of seeking hidden knowledge. He wanted to seek out knowledge of what he would even say, angelic knowledge. And so he tapped, he used Christianity mm. and Jewish folklore to, and a lot of these other different things to try and tap into conversating with angels. And he would try and talk to these things. And this is the crazy thing. This is where we start. He, he basically was an occultist, one of the very first. And mm. he would have these conversations with these quote unquote angelic beings. He would call them the Michael, the archangel. And this angel would appear to him and would give him ideas on authority for Queen Elizabeth, ideas on technology would give him the reason why God has forsaken mankind, you know, because of X, Y, and Z or, or whatnot, and would tell him all these things. And what's actually really interesting is the idea of the British Empire being enforced through naval forces. That whole idea of, of Britain becoming a naval empire that would that would enforce its authority through naval expeditions around the world. That was an idea given to John Dee by a quote-unquote angel. Hmm. So this guy regularly engaged in spiritual practices. He's was known for staring into crystal balls, seeing visions, and some of these visions and entities that he would even encounter would claim to be God himself. And so this guy's kind of got a strange, strange, strange background. You might be thinking, okay, Zach, what's the purpose of talking about this guy? Well, this guy came up with a method to conversing with the spiritual realm, these spiritual angels um, that would speak to him and that would give him information. And he came up with this method and he called it, actually, it's funny, he called it Enochism after Enoch. Wow. Yeah. yeah, he called it Enochian magic in the sense of it was how to walk with the gods or how to learn the language of the gods. This guy was like seeking these things. And so him, his desire with this, with creating this, this method for communion with other realms, with, with the angelic or the spiritual realm, their main desire behind it was to further the human race in enlightenment and discovery with entities known as quote unquote angels. And so what we see with this guy is a fusion of science and occultism with John mm -hmm. Dee. He took, hey, we're gonna start studying these scientific things. We're gonna start applying these scientific practices and we're gonna get these ideas from these occultic practices, staring into crystals and, and consulting these beings, okay? And so if you're still following me on this, on this, on this crazy story, what that guy eventually led to influence one of the most famous, you could say, quote unquote, black magicians in the world is this man named Aleister Crowley. And this guy was famous for using black magic and the same practices of this ancient guy, John Dee for Queen Elizabeth. And he would use these same practices to encounter strange phenomena. So this guy would, would use black magic and this guy's disciple, this is where it gets weird, okay? This is where I'm connecting. You're like, Zach, how's this, how's this connecting at all? Aleister Crowley. One, one of his closest disciples would go on to be known as the father of the modern rocket. 
and this man was named Jack Parsons. Oh, dude, Jack Parsons. I was going to bring him up. Jack wow. Parsons founded NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Mm -hmm. And this guy would regularly engage with beans in his practices out in the deserts of California. And he mm -hmm. would credit these beans in guiding his research for rocket science. Drug-induced cultish practices like seances and different uh, ceremonies and all these things funded by the government and in the name of like pushing forward our like interplanetary travel. Yeah. Yeah. That was his goal. He wanted to learn how to get off planet and how he did it was diving deep into the occult. Yeah, exactly. And they try to kind of write him out of history when it comes to the space race, but it was the Russian and American back and forth. You know, we all know about the space race, but it was that exchange that kind of fueled him. And when you look into both, not just Jack, but also the Russian counterpart, the guy leading the charge in Russia, they found the same cult ties mm -hmm. in him mm -hmm. with satanic rituals and things. So it's kind of wild. And his was from a more <clears throat> Christian approach. It was. Yeah. He thought I'm not di diving into this. This is kind of like this guy, John D where he was like, I'm, I'm communicating with God, but I don't think he was, <laughs> I don't either. but yeah, it was the same thing. And it's like, how did two different people on two different continents come up with the same idea through the same channels. Mm-hmm. And way back. I mean, way we're talking back. like the 40s, right? Yeah. This is pre-internet and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah, these guys are going deep on that. Like, I, I don't even, how was that idea even, I'm sure it wasn't even prevalent at that time that we could get off the planet. That's wild. We barely just started flying planes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. H.G. Wells was the one that people started getting the idea. He's like, oh, yeah, it's like this giant bullet we get in. It shoots it into space. And people are like, oh, that's crazy. And then H.G. Wells, he wrote a lot of stuff that's coming true, right? So time travel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But no, going off on a tangent, sorry. Anyways, I think what's yeah. interesting too, you know, Jack Parsons was not Christian at all. He was openly mm. satanic um, in his seances, in his practices. Um, it's very, very blasphemous, the stuff that he did. But the uh, he lived in Pasadena, California, which is where the Jet Propulsion Laboratory was for NASA. And so in Pasadena, he died. His death memorial was written in the Pasadena Independent newspaper. And the funny thing about his death is, depending who you're talking to, people believe that it was because he died because of a, um, he was experimenting th with um, rocket propulsion in his garage, right, where he normally does his experiments, and it, and it exploded and he died. He was found like dismembered and all that stuff. Hmm. Um, so people think that it was an accident or, or some people think that he was assassinated, that he was, you know, some weird stuff, but the Pasadena independent, when it described him, this is how they described him. Okay. They said he was a down to earth explosive expert who doubled in necromancy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Just casually yeah. down to earth <laughs> rocket, rocket master uh, also dabbled in necromancy. Okay. Which there you <laughs> see wild. once again, the fusion of what? occultism and science mm -hmm. being fused right. together technology 
and occultism seances um, being fused together. And I love how you brought up the space race because this guy, Jack Parsons, man, he affected the space race and even the creation of the atom bomb so much. Like think about how much of Mm. history is affected by this one guy who's said to have received his information from these beings that he would encounter. Hmm. The stuff that this guy would do, it's super, um, super strange stuff that he would do. He even had a, a number of practices that, that were called like the Babylon workings where he tried to resurrect the beast in Revelation. He tried to bring forth this, this beast. Okay. This is the guy that works for NASA, that worked for NASA and right. was creating yeah. these things. Okay. Getting paid by our own government. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird. You know, what's actually really interesting is even his, his, his mentor, Alistair Crowley, He's known for speaking with some of these beings as well. And Alistair Crowley kept a journal and, and would draw the things that he would see, the phenomena that he would see. And he would encounter this being that was named Lamb, L-A-M. And if you look up a picture of the, of like, if you look up Alistair Crowley and Lamb, and you look up a picture of this entity that he encountered, this entity looks strikingly similar to the Greys that people refer to encountering in alien abductions. Huh. And so we see that the early stages of, of space exploration, which continue today, have their roots in occultism. I would say, Houston, we have a problem. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Now I, I think we could say this too, just to, because we're getting all crazy with, not saying it's not true, but that's not everyone at NASA is doing these rituals. You know, you can be a believer, a mathematician. You're not, you're not opening these portals. Science isn't inherently demonic or something, but yeah, the way these guys were going about it. Right. It's pretty, it's pretty well documented. And it's also wild to, to look at, but I mean, let's be honest. If, if we're talking about like the, if you want to call it the prince of the power of the air, if you want to talk about like a demonic agenda or a satanic agenda that has uh, been a black thread throughout history as we know it, uh, you can follow it all the way back. Mm-hmm. It's like this: these cult practices go back to historic times. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we we go back, we see Moses on Sinai, and they're already worshiping a golden calf. And you know, we go, you go all the way back, and you see you see these same behaviors these same rituals uh similar uh described entities that people will get into worshiping and communing with it's like this stuff uh, shouldn't be much of a surprise if you've if you've read the word it's like we we've seen it throughout the scripture throughout history we've seen people worship these other things right and it's pretty obvious like that there is a world system at play that has an agenda of its own so it's like if if sometimes we see that agenda exposed as satanic i don't think we should be surprised Mm -hmm. but even though it sounds crazy to hear some of that stuff like whoa you know we were our government was funding this guy while he was doing all these demonic practices and satanic rituals it's like yeah man the world is a dark place Mm -hmm. (laughs) like there really is darkness here it's not all just you know sunshine it's like there's there's also a dark side to this whole thing, and it's it's all intertwined. You know what I mean? I mean, going back to the garden, I think when 
you know, the serpent says to Eve, you know, did God really say this? Like, no, this is what you're going to get in exchange. Right. You're going to get this. You will be like God. Yeah. Yet there were repercussions to what was done. And I think it's the same thing where, you know, Deuteronomy commands us not to deal with these things for a reason. Mm. And so when you go in, I mean, how many times with these spirits, who knows how many times they go to someone, let's say Jack Parsons, like, hey, you know what? Is it really? Like, this is what you're going to get in exchange. Right. Yet there's repercussions from it. Sure, there is something you get with it. There is something, quote unquote, good in the, you know, not good. You know what I mean? Like you get get, some benefit. There is a benefit or a gain, but there's a reason God commanded this not. Mm. And it's because there's something more than just the gain. And it comes at a cost. It comes at a cost. And let's look at, let's be honest, Jesus, he's baptized. He's led into the wilderness, right? By the spirit. But he's tempted by Satan himself. And when Satan tempts Jesus, Jesus never denies what Satan offers him as Satan's, right? He doesn't say like, well, that's not yours to give. You can't tempt me with that. He doesn't say that. He says, I could give you, I could give you the world, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just throw yourself off this cliff. I, I can't, anything you see, mm-hmm. I could give, I could make it yours. Jesus didn't say, whoa, 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 that's not yours to give. He says, what does he say? He quotes scripture back to him and says like, you shouldn't tempt the Lord your God. He tells him straight up, yeah, I know you could, but I'm not making this deal. This exchange is not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? That's that's wild to me. It's like you would think Jesus would would call him out. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you can't tempt me with that. That's not yours to give. But obviously there was an element of that that was true. Yeah. You know, kind of wild. You know, in, in Leviticus 19.31, the law is given to the people of Israel. And God, before he gives the law, he says, be holy because I, the Lord, your God, am holy. He, this is a, He's giving them this law and he's saying, this is how you image bear my name. This is how you set yourself apart from the nations around you. And in verse mm-hmm. 31 of chapter 19, God says, do not turn to mediums or consult spiritists or you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord, your God. You know, why do you guys think that God forbade the people of Israel to have these occultic practices if nothing would happen from them? You know, why would he tell them to, hey, don't do this because, yeah, they're just rocks. Nothing's going to happen to them. Nothing's going to happen when you, you know, more often (laughs) than not, the reason why and which which you can get into if you follow that thread of this story of occultism in mm-hmm. the research of UFOs or in the contact and communion with alien beings or extraterrestrial beings or interdimensional beings, whatever you want mm-hmm. to call them. When you look into that, you find that a lot of people, even today, they say the way that you encounter these things, um, like there's a there's a guy out there right now, his name is Stephen Greer. And this guy is like the leading the guy that's on the soapbox that is trying to propel UFO disclosure forward and not just disclosure, okay. but contact. He believes that these things are interdimensional and that they are here to help us to save our planet, that they're greater than us. We have to submit to their ideas and their technologies and their ways. Hmm. Um, and this guy's not a dumb guy. 
right. this guy's like a doctor. Like this guy's like a smart dude. So this guy, Steven Greer, he says the way that you contact these things, they're here to help save us, to help save the planet. They're our saviors. That's what he says. He thinks that they're good. And he's spreading this way to contact them. He calls it CE5s. And it's the way that you have a close encounter of the fifth kind, which is basically where a human initiates contact with whatever these things are. He says, you get in a circle with a bunch of people, you hold hands, you meditate, you say these meditations out loud and these different things, and you become one with the universe, and then these things appear to you, and they give you information. <laughs> and it's it's occultic, it's, it's, it's in plain sight, it's repackaged for today. It may not look like it was back then where it was like a golden statue and you know, whatever whatever you goes comes to your mind when you think of idolatry and, and occultic practices back then, but it's repackaged into a nice, scientific, smart, even way to think about the universe today. And this guy, you know, God commanded his people not to consult these things because he knew that they would encounter, they would encounter something. They would open up, as Stephen Greer says today, in order to encounter these things, you have to open up your consciousness to these things. Almost an infinite array of types of manifestations of extraterrestrial interface with this dimension. Earth, humans, space-time, and our consciousness, which is trans-dimensional. And God is saying, here forbidding that he's saying when you do that there are things that are there are beings that um are out to harm you the devil the fallen angels right. demons these 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 things are not there to help you they've come to seek kill and destroy and they want to hurt you and harm you they sure they might they might masquerade themselves as good and you see that sadly in like stories of of people that encounter these things first it's pleasant and it's joyful and it's loving and they and they have these encounters but over time as they have these repeated encounters these entities change on them they turn evil towards them they turn malicious towards them and, and it, it gives credence to what god said in deuteronomy i have this verse here too in deuteronomy 18 god said when you come into the land that the lord god has given you do not learn to follow the abominable practices of those nations there shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering or anyone who practices divination, a charmer or a medium or a necromancer or one who inquires of the dead. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God is driving them out before mm. you. So you should be blameless before yeah. the Lord your God. And I think it's pretty obvious. I mean... The Lord wouldn't say things arbitrarily, or He doesn't uh, keep command us to keep away from things uh, just for His own pleasure. Just to say, like, I just don't want them to enjoy that part of life. You know what I mean? It's always He's a good Father, and He wants good things for His children. So when He tells us to abstain from something, or stay away from that thing, or do engage in this thing, it's always for our good and for His glory, right? Mm -hmm. So if He's telling us two things, I, I think that's such a such a great passage to bring up because two things: number one, the existence of that command in the Bible shows us that it was happening, right? Or if it wasn't happening, that it was possible, right? Number two, that the Lord wanted us to have nothing to do with it. So it's like it's pretty black and white right there, you know. 
And uh, even in First John, it says, don't believe every spirit. Test the spirits. You know what I mean? Because it says that Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Mm-hmm. It's like we can't, and like you were saying, Zach, I think that's an important thing to, to bring up is that these spirits do have an agenda. And even if it's not a united agenda, it's still a dark agenda. And, and they will try to deceive. And sometimes that deception looks like something pleasant, right? Sometimes it looks like, hey, I'll give you this knowledge for nothing. Yeah. And it's just, I just want you to have it. And I want you to be smarter. And I want you to be, you know? And there there comes a point where, I mean, what's what's the old trope? Is like they sold their soul for rock and roll, right? Like we see, we see uh, mm-hmm. the story of the crossroads, right? Yeah. With Robert Johnson. And the story is that that the story goes, the legend is that Satan himself appeared to him, Robert Johnson, who was a trash guitar player compared to all his peers and said, look, I can make you the greatest guitar player around. All you got to do is give me your soul. So the cost for Robert Johnson is this contract of his own soul. And supposedly, you know, he's trash one week and the next week he shows up and he's blowing everybody's mind with how incredible he is. And then his his death is this mysterious, weird thing where one day he just disappears. You know what I'm saying? So it's like maybe there is some things that the dark has to offer, but the mm-hmm. price that's associated with it is not worth it mm-hmm. and not something that the believer should engage in by any means. Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting that even a lot of the early church fathers, they held to the belief that many pagan religions, what they were encountering when they would have these occultic practices, a lot of the early church fathers held to the belief that they were encountering fallen angels who were, and these fallen angels were giving them information and technology to the people who were in these seances, in these experiences, you know, and this is, this is what's crazy. So we, we mentioned this girl in our first episode, her name is Dr. Pasulka. And in her book, American Cosmic, she kind of studies about, or talks about how, how like the experiences of UFOs has kind of become a new religion to people who study these things. It's become a new religion. And in her book, she says this, she claims to have connections in her book with current NASA employees that state that they have made scientific discoveries and even have developed successful technologies through psychic contact or what they refer to as quote unquote downloads. So even technologies that they state most of the public uses today to make our lives Mm. better have come from these um, psychic contacts or downloads. And they do this, Pasolka writes, they do this by tuning their bodies and their DNA like a satellite ready to receive information through a routine or a ritual every day. And they do this routine in the morning. Let's say they do this routine until, and she quotes them on this part, until that person can sense that their thoughts are unfamiliar or not their own. So they do this practice over and over and over in the morning, let's say, until they can start recognizing that the thoughts they're thinking are unfamiliar to them. There's someone else that is speaking to Mm. them. And this is current. This is current. And you know what's crazy is like, you might hear something like that and go, whoa, no way. This is too weird, man. This is crazy. Let's not forget that Paul himself in the New Testament writes that the things that are unseen 
are more real even than the things that we can see and touch and feel, right? So like there's a spiritual reality that's eternal with way greater uh, weight and consequence than just physical reality and consequence, right? So Paul would even say, he's like, Dude, the things we can't see are more real than the things we see. So please, so please don't act like these the things that we're talking about or the things that he was writing about are too too wonderful to understand. It's like let's remember as Christians that there is a spiritual reality that exists. And Paul says straight up, even when he when he says in Ephesians six, he's like, we don't fight against flesh and blood, right? Like, and then he has like a, a laundry list. What what's the laundry list? Ephesians 6, 12. Yeah, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against yep. the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And this is why Paul encourages the believer to put on the full armor of God. Mm-hmm. It's in light of not a physical battle, but in light of this spiritual reality that we need to be guarded against, that God says we don't, we're not on the same team, right? Yeah. I mean, it's funny. We, we talk about believing in this realm like we'll walk around wearing a shirt that says not of this world right (laughs) (laughs) or created for heaven Mm -hmm. and we're like yeah we're created for this other dimension essentially yep but then when it comes up with this we're like oh it's there's a scientific answer right it's like wait a minute this isn't a one-way street and genesis (laughs) starts like talking about this it it opens up with the fact that there is good and evil sure so why wouldn't it exist in a different realm right and yeah, I mean, again, going back, I think this verse kind of just boxes it all in. It's not against flesh and blood. And so many times as Christians, we want to just put flesh and blood and pen it to that, where we say like, oh, you know what? I have to do this. The government's making me do this. Therefore, I'm at battle against flesh and blood. But right. it's something deeper than just the government's making me wear a mask. The government's mm-hmm. making me take this. The go- It's like, oh, there, there's something deeper than this in our battle as Christians. We're not just at war with you know, one side versus the other. It's, it's darkness versus light. Absolutely. And it's real. And that's, that's interesting that you say that hollow too, because there's a lot of scientists. There's a famous scientist who's been studying this for a long time. He's a French scientist. His name is Jacques Vallée and he's a French scientist. Actually, if you've seen the the movie close encounters of the third kind, the French scientist in that movie is based off of this guy, because this guy is like a really famous um, astronomer. I mean, NASA hired him to map out the the planet of Mars. NASA hired him to do this. So this is like a smart scientist dude, but this guy has been studying UFOs for a long time. And when he describes them, he says that they dematerialize in and out of, of view. Mm-hmm. Like they seem to like come into vision and then dematerialize out. And he says, there's, there's something that is not physical about mm-hmm. these things. It's not a flesh and blood craft so often, although not to, not to say that it cannot be those things, but with these sightings, you know, he, he that's why he, he's the one that actually um, promotes the saying of that these aren't extraterrestrials, that these are interdimensional beings, which for a Christian, right? Like we've been saying, that falls in line with our All theology because we do believe that there are interdimensional beings mm-hmm. that are against us that are, um, and even good ones, even oh, angels yeah. that are, that are, that are, that you might entertain angels that, that, that might protect you or guard you angels that carry out the will of God. Even today, it's just interesting to me that you mentioned that hollow when even a, a atheist scientist, he's, he's not even a believer, 
but he says that these things are they materialize in and out you know and and it's and it's kind of interesting too i was explaining this to hollow earlier that, that even some of the navy pilots that witness these crazy sightings out on the pacific ocean or the atlantic ocean these uh, uaps they'll say that in the days following that they'll experience poltergeist like phenomenon in their house interesting following these hmm. sightings hmm. so there's some type of dark correlation though we can't understand it or know exactly what exactly these things hmm. are there is something that is that that smells like a dark yep. agenda smells like a cultic right. agenda smells like um satan really. right hmm. yeah and as believers we're not just called to um to be like we're called to expose these things. You know what I mean? Like we're supposed to expose darkness yeah. where we see it and bring light. So it's like, I'm, I'm totally good with having these kind of conversations. You know what I mean? And it's like, look, if, even if we look just at Jesus, like for those people that don't even want to go old Testament and, you know, maybe, maybe some of that cultural context is lost on us. Let's just go straight to Jesus. We see him do so many things. Mount of Transfiguration, when he resurrects and stays with us for like 40 more days in his like ascended body, walking through walls, but still eating food. Like we see all kinds of stuff. He he gets caught up in the air. He just kind of starts to fly away at a certain point. And he calls down, hey, I'm not leaving you as orphans, but I leave you with my spirit. It's for your benefit that I go. It's like we, the, the person that we base our lives around and that we even we get our name from and our identity from is like the ultimate metaphysical embodiment of God. You know what I mean? It's like this is the physical representation, like like Hollow was saying, Colossians 1. This is the visible form of the invisible God. And we see him do all kinds of things that we can't really explain or that we don't have context for physically when it comes to flesh and blood reality. But it's there's so much more than that. shifts us to our closing point which is like how does a christian respond to this how should they react to this information the stuff that you're seeing in the news the stuff that's maybe coming out you know this should not shake us as as christians because the bible teaches these things for sure is what you're saying and and our savior he's more than just a physical he dwells in both the spiritual realms Absolutely. as well and so for us as 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 believers I think a better term than just calling it this is something demonic because there's there's so many different perceptions of that term yep. and so many different connotations that people think of when you say demonic. You can say the devil's in everything. The devil, 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 devil. Sure. I think a better term for this, um, which I got this from a guy who was, he, he's a pastor in Nevada and he was researching on some of this stuff and actually came out of, he got saved out of a lot of this um, mm -hmm. this stuff, is he calls it a cultic phenomenon that these people who bear God's image and have eternity written on their hearts, they're looking for God. They're looking yeah. for a spiritual experience and they look for it in these places, in these practices. And the scary thing is they're finding something. 
Right. They're finding stuff. And that's exactly what God was saying in Leviticus. Don't do these things, not because nothing will happen, hmm. but because you're going to open yourself up to dangerous things. Yeah. And so these people, we should love on them. We should share the love of Jesus with them. You know, it shouldn't shake our faith as, as believers because we do believe that God is sovereign over it all. But I also want to say like, and I wonder what you guys would say to this. Like, I think at the same time, there should be a caution and a danger for Christians maybe who get obsessive over these things for who sure. try to seek out hidden knowledge themselves. Mm -hmm. why, why, why do you think we should be as believers cautioned and not becoming like, so because you can be, and I, and you can be falling into those places where like all you see on your Instagram feed is like, you know, these crazy conspiracy th theories and all these different things and UFOs here and alien sighted in Las Vegas and you know, all right. these different things. And you're like, you become so enamored with the, the lust of the unknown to know the unknown. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Why, why should we be cautioned against that as, as, as believers? I mean, if we're talking about the garden, what broke fellowship with God was the enticement of secret knowledge. Really? You'll be like God. You'll know kind of how he knows you'll, you'll be self-ruling. Uh, so they, they take their eyes off of the creator and, and their perfect relationship with him at the time and put it on themselves. I think that's kind of the danger is that original deception is to look away from the Lord and the truth and put too much emphasis on, not that these things aren't true, you know, but they're less true than the reality of the gospel. They're, they're less important than the impact of Christ in our life. Mm. I, and to be honest with you, and not to call, not to call my friend out, I won't name his name, but I was at the barbershop recently and he was, he was rattling off all this information about what we're talking about, about aliens and all, all this government declassification. He's like, you know, in 1971, so-and-so said this and this and this and bam, 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 bam. And then two minutes later, one of his clients in his chair asks him, yeah, doesn't the Bible say something about uh, by his stripes we're healed? And he, he looks at the shop and says, hey, does anybody know where the Bible says by his stripes we're healed? And I looked at him. I said, you can name all these facts about government declassification and dates and names and all these things. And when it comes to your own word and there's a guy in your chair seeking biblical information, you are ignorant. You know what I'm saying? I think that's exactly where the danger lies, is if if the draw of this other knowledge takes away from our draw to Christ, then we've already been defeated in a sense. Like Jesus should be the preeminent one. If he's not sitting on the throne of your heart and taking dominion over all these things, then something's backwards. Like there is a worship hierarchy and Jesus needs to sit at the top mm -hmm. and rule and reign over everything else that comes underneath it. Can we have hobbies as believers? Absolutely. Can we be informed about politics and world happenings and things? Absolutely. But should they all come under the authority of Christ and, and also fall in line in a correct uh in a correct percentage of our time, our affection, our energy, our thoughts, they should all come in the right quantities. Yeah. And we should first and foremost be 
concerned about our time with the Lord and our time in the word. Man, if there was ever a time we needed to be like biblically literate, it's right now. If there was ever a time that the gospel of Jesus Christ speaks into this extraterrestrial interdimensional phenomenon, it's right now. People are looking and open to the idea of these spiritual things, these big metaphysical things, things that are beyond explanation. And they're going to be looking around for answers And by the grace of God, here comes the Christian that says, hey, I've been talking about dealing with studying metaphysical, spiritual things for a long time. And guess what? The Bible has answers for it. And there's one that rules over all. And his name is Jesus. He came into this world to free us from the original deception that the dark got us in, right? We were bound by this lie forever that we bought thinking that the consequences wouldn't be bad. Here we are, we sold ourselves in a sense to be slaves to sin and the, and the, and the sin nature took hold in our souls, took out human history. Every, every man without exception by this original deception was now born into the lie that was told in the garden. Here comes one. We had one. His name was Jesus. He came. God became flesh and dwelt among us. He was born a baby from a virgin, lived a life without sin, and then went to the cross, was killed, died. He says, nobody took my life from me, but I gave it up willingly, and then took it back up again. Three days later, Jesus rises from the dead on his own authority, right? And then invites us into this victorious reconciled relationship with God, restoring us from that original lie. The Bible says that the truth became flesh. So here we are bought underneath slaves to a deception from our from the very first humans ever created. And here comes the truth becomes flesh and breaks into that paradigm and says, I will now bring you back into truth. So the thing that we need to guard against <laughs> is coming out from underneath the truth of Jesus and saying, now let me dabble in these deceptions, right? Yeah. We need to be real careful with that. We need to 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 stay in constant fellowship with Christ and and spend real time in the word daily so that we can continue to view all these things that come up, whether it be aliens or whether it be scientific research, whatever whatever it is, you fill in the blank, whatever it is, historical events, all these things need to be seen through the lens of the Bible and underneath the authority of Christ in our lives. If we can do that, then I think 100% we're primed for the conversations that, like like we were saying before, that are on-ramps to the gospel through different conversations about anything you can name. And I think people are so wide open to these conversations right now. I'm at a coffee shop earlier and I hear people talking about yeah, you know, uh, UAPs and, and UFOs and portals and all these random things. <laughs> You're like, this is just now out and about conversation. People are, are willing to talk about these kind of things. So if they're willing to talk about these things, are we willing to step up and have these conversations through the biblical lens and aiming toward Christ as authority over all those things? I think wow. we should. Yeah, I mean, going off that, I think the the fields are ready. Come on. 
you know, that we no longer live in an atheistic society. We're post-atheistic. We're after that. We are in a hyper-spiritual society where everybody has their own truth. Everybody has a higher being they look to. And I run into people all the time in the wedding industry, planners like, oh yeah, I just had this morning, you know, with myself and I was just speaking to, to my higher, you know, that higher being. It's like, oh, you're praying, but you're praying to the wrong person. (laughs) And it's no longer this, oh, God doesn't exist. It's something exists and we need to steer people in the right direction. And yeah, unlike before where you would say like, oh, let me tell you about Christ. Like, oh, I don't believe in God. Now it's like, I believe in something. So I'd rather start with that because now you're no longer convincing them that something exists. You're convincing them they're believing in the wrong, they're in the wrong lane. Come on. And I feel like this is a greater opportunity mm-hmm. to preach to people because no longer are you just this weird Christian. It's like, okay, they just believe something different and we can guide people and, and step into this conversation easier than ever before. 100%. And it's important that we have an answer for these things instead of just shutting them down. Like, oh, it's not in the Bible. So sorry, you're just weird. Hmm. You know, did Christ not die for the tinfoil hat wearing people in Roswell looking for an answer? 100% he did. Just like everybody else. They're Come looking on, for answers and we have those answers. We may not have tinfoil hats, <laughs> but we've got our NOTW hats. Let's meet them right there. <laughs> Let's meet them. We're not of this world. 100%. <laughs> That's good, guys. You know, and I, I think my last statement on this in my broken voice <laughs> right now, which I apologize. If you made it this far listening to my voice, thank you. Zach is actually an AI voice yeah. now. This is what's going on. <laughs> it's an AI lean. <laughs> um, oh. The last thing that I wanted to say too is, you know, we were not created to know everything. Come on. There's only one who is omniscient. Mm-hmm. And we were not created to be omniscient. We have limitations to our knowledge. And there are things that are revealed to us. Like Deuteronomy 29, 29 says that the secret things belong to the Lord, but the but the revealed things are are given to us and to our children as a heritage forever. Hmm. So there's certain knowledge that only belongs to God. And I think sometimes with conspiracy theories and even some stuff like this, we can pursue that, like you were saying, Brent, instead of pursuing the Lord and embracing our limitations mm-hmm. in that aspect and being drawn away really from, as Paul would say, the simplicity of Christ, right? Just as the serpent deceived Eve, drawn away from the simple devotion to Jesus. We don't want that to happen because really in Jesus, as the Bible says, in Christ are hidden all the fullness of wisdom and knowledge. Right. So everything that you could want in wisdom and in knowledge, don't go seeking for it out there. Mm-hmm. Find it in Jesus because it's there. It's in him. It's in him. And so that doesn't mean that we should avoid cultural topics like this, like you guys have been saying, you know, but this should not be a point where we lose sight of Jesus because of our obsessive desire for hidden knowledge Come on. or hidden things or trying to discover the truth in these things. And that's really, and I love how you guys said that. That's the beauty of Christianity is because Christianity doesn't close off conversations to these things. It it allows us to consider these things without being obsessed or wrapped up or lost in them. Mm-hmm. It allows us to welcome the conversation with the guy who's struggling with, you know, the belief in God and his parents are divorced and he grew up in the church, but he was hurt by the church or whatever or not. It allows us to to minister to him. It allows us to minister to that girl in Laguna Beach, Laguna Beach, who 
goes to quote unquote church and, and that's her going to the ocean and dipping her feet in the water and, and meditating and, and right. praying to this higher authority. It, it allows us to minister to people that are, are obsessed with aliens, obsessed with these, all these different things, but yet pointing to the preeminence of Jesus and, and, and not getting lost in that. And so, man, that was good. That was a good way to end it, man. I hope you guys listening are blessed by this conversation because this is a really cool conversation. I'm, I'm really, I'm really stoked on it and I'm glad Brandon, you were able to be a part of it. Thanks for, thanks for joining us oh, dude, for always. this, for the journey. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, you know, as Christians, bro, we believe in talking snakes, giants, <laughs> invisible angels and demons that can possess people's bodies and uh, you jump into pigs and jump off of cliffs. We see Kings turn into animals for a time. It's like, there's been all kinds of stuff that we've been yeah. talking about and studying forever. And it's like, we shouldn't shy away from these, these interesting things. Let's go in and, yeah. and bring Jesus into these conversations and show people that there really is one who transcends all these things, Christ himself, the God man. So we, we shouldn't be afraid. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us guys today on Lightning Rounds. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone. It's a two-parter, so make sure that they listen to the first part. We don't want them to get lost in the idea of it all. We tried to, to create a forward motion with this thought and not just ramble and shoot from the hip, which we tend to do a lot in some episodes. We just kind of just answer questions as it is, and that's part of the reason why we love lightning rounds is we do it that way. But it's nice to tackle cultural questions. You know, we said it before. In, in our podcast, we've gotten a lot of questions about life in the Bible, which we've answered a lot, but not a lot of cultural questions. And, and I'm glad we answered this one because this is, this is a cultural question, question that we're dealing with uh, today. So, hey, if you enjoyed it, though, rate, review, let us know. Hollow's got a, a fun way that can also bless us. Hollow, do you want to share how people might be able to maybe give more than just a thumbs up on a review or a heart on Instagram? Yeah, so first off, I need to give a shout out, a, a precursor to what I'm about to share, but to Christian and Emma, hats off to you. Thank you so much for being a part of what I'm about to share, but we created a, a little page. You could find it in the bio of our Instagram, or you could go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash lightning rounds. And it's just a way of saying thank you. If you enjoy this podcast in any way, by all means, you do not have to give. We will continue to do this. We love doing this. Uh, but it does cost, it costs money to do this. Believe it or not, uh, in a free information age, there are still mics to buy, subscriptions to be paid, time mm -hmm. to be put in. Zach, if you don't know this, Zach sits in his closet for hours upon hours a week in his off time, already working a full-time job. He edits this away. Uh, he calls me sometimes in tears. He's like, what song do I choose <laughs> in between our voices? I can't find a new lo-fi inspirational track. Exactly. And so um, if you have the heart and you want to support this, you could go to buy me a coffee and literally literally buy us a coffee um, there's gonna be some fun perks you could give a one-time donation five bucks sounds good or you could be a recurring member and we're gonna have some fun stuff on the back end we're not sure what yet but it's gonna be wild and crazy that's beautiful so if you want to be a giver 
We'd love that. I'd like to be a giver. Even though I literally bought you a coffee today. He did. I'd also <laughs> like to buy you a coffee virtually. Bren is the visible. <laughs> buy me a coffee of the invisible buymeacoffee.com. He brought me a coffee. I'd like to be both. So yeah. What's that link again, Hall? buymeacoffee.com forward slash lightning rounds or you could just check out our instagram or just stop by to say hi it's got our latest podcast on there so if you're ever looking for the latest one just click that link in our instagram it'll take you straight to it or if you want to find more info on us it has some some fun little background info we're updating it (laughs) daily um the way i describe our podcast it's uh three men who know absolutely nothing about almost everything that's it (laughs) <laughs> and we talk it beautiful. about it. <laughs> it beautiful. So we, I mean, this is our fourth season, halfway through our fourth season. We've done this all for free and it's been a joy. It's not been hard for us to do this. We, we love doing this and we, we will keep doing this whether people support us or not. But um, like Hollow was saying, hey, if you feel it led in your heart to, to, to give towards the lightning rounds, feed our hungry kids, uh, that would be... <laughs> at least pay for the subscriptions and the mics and the, all that fun stuff we have to pay for that would be and we and we could make this podcast greater make it better sound nicer more efficient could come out more frequently could have maybe special episodes special yeah. stickers merch stuff like that so just be on the lookout for that stuff in the future we want you to be able to hear the footsteps on the roof of this podcast let's go <laughs> full circle you might get a copy of that video of that, of that home video <laughs> exactly but signed by one mz more shamlan <laughs> mz one more note we got stickers coming in tomorrow i just got the ups update so if you sign up and support we're gonna send you a sticker so make sure you just email us your address we'll send you a sticker are um, those in already they're coming tomorrow <sighs> Super fun, super cheesy, but everyone loves a good sticker. Shout out to Hannah Mayo Designs for just surprising us. She's like, hey, I made, I drew you a picture. Took uh, (laughs) several hours to get the shading on her upper lip, but she did it. (laughs) So, yeah, if you want a sticker, drop in and support us. Right on. Well, thanks, guys, again for listening to Lightning Rounds. That's it for this episode. If you want to follow us, you can find us on Instagram at lightning.rounds.podcast. That's where you can send us questions or cultural topics for the day. And um, I think by the means of us answering this question, there's no subject that we're scared of um, because we believe that there's a response from the Bible and from Jesus and from us, from it all, whether it be (laughs) smart or not, (laughs) more often than not. And if you don't have Instagram, you can email us a question too or just start a conversation with the email that I check monthly. (laughs) And it's asklightningrounds.com at gmail.com so uh thanks for listening we'll see you guys on our next episode of lightning rounds